0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome to another edition of Technology Expresso Cafe Radio Dave and Jacqueline bring you up close and personal to the innovators, contributors, and creative minds in and around technology today visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. There, you will find a full list of our broadcasts from all across the technology spectrum, our social media handles, and related content. So sit back with Dave and Jacqueline as they serve up Technology Expresso, fast, hot, and intense.
1: Hello, good evening, maybe good afternoon, maybe even good morning to someone out there listening to us Hello, this is Jacqueline Sanders with Technology Expresso And uh, you heard David there in the intro introduce us And he said Dave and Jacqueline bringing you uh, Technology Expresso Tonight I can say Dave, Jacqueline, Coop, Javon, Salise, Ali, David I mean there's a whole, <laughs> there's a whole host <laughs> of us uh, bringing you the show tonight Hi Coop, how are you?
2: I'm awesome. I'm well caffeinated, ready to go. Let's do it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And we've got Allie joining us tonight. Hello, Allie. Hello, Jacqueline. Glad to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, hey, we come together. You know, our series, this is a part of an eight-part series. This is episode eight, and we're going to keep it going uh, because there's still questions. And our, our topic is Frequently Asked question of Business Analysis. And, you know, Allie, like Coop and I, uh, we're all part of v 2 t the training family, and we're out there and going to companies and talking to uh, business analysts, and they're asking these questions. And some of the, them are very similar, no matter where we travel far and wide, as well as all three of us, Coop. Allie and myself, we're all practicing business analysts, too. And probably every now and then we're still scratching our heads saying, what is really going on? <laughs> so oh, yeah. we're going to tackle. <laughs> We're going to tackle some of those frequently asked questions. You're going to hear our perspective, and we always welcome your perspective. And uh, we're going to be reading back some comments that we've got from previous shows later on in in tonight's show, so stay tuned. You might hear us read one of your comments. We do uh, take all that input in because it takes a village to kind of unravel the the mysteries of business analysis. So without further ado, Coop, Allie, are in your mark, get set. Here's our first question for the evening. So, <laughs> do we have to
2: buzz in? Is that a... uh? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. First answer the buzz in. So let's talk about one of our questions uh, from one of the, our, our students and our listeners is, how do I know I'm not missing anything? How do I know I'm not missing any requirements? So, Allie, since you're our newest guest I'm actually going to throw it to you first. When someone throws a question like
3: that your way, what is, how do you address that question? Well, I have to tell you that you're always missing something is the first thing that you got to know. You're going to miss something along the way. Uh, if you do a good job, though, up front, usually by the end, you've got all the pieces put together. So do to you know you're not missing anything really comes down to, how do you know what questions to ask? And if you hit all the questions on uh, why are we doing this? What are we trying to get out of it? What do we need in order to get that thing out of it? Um, How are we going to do it? What does it take? What data do we need? What processes need to be adjusted to get there? Uh, Typically, you're going to get to the end and and not miss anything. But along the way, you're going to find that, uh, I I didn't fill in this little piece. You'll have to fill it in as you get down into the details. And that's actually okay that they get filled in later rather than sooner as, as long as by the time you get to the end you've got all the pieces put together. That's my Excellent. take on it. Okay. <laughs>
1: Coop, how do you feel about that?
2: Yeah. the Allie said something that maybe, or maybe I just Dreamt it um, about the, the big pieces, and it made me think of um, Have you ever seen there was a like a professor? It, there's a YouTube videos about it, um, and he talks about like filling up a bucket. And I, I actually can't think of right now the the premise, but I think it relates to missing requirements. And he talks about um, like if you put in if you have all this stuff, and you put in the the little pebbles first, you're you're never going to get all the other things in. So what he talked about, first you put in, you know, the big rocks, and then you pour in the pebbles, and then you pour in the sand, and then you pour in water, and that kind of gets all the parts and pieces in this bucket, which you didn't think you could get in in the first place. I'm sure you guys have seen it. I'm not explaining it great. But I think what, you know, to Ali's point, like if you think of first, if you start with the – the big rock stuff? What are the major things that we're trying to accomplish here? Um, And then you can drill down into the deeper stuff. But I think too often people miss stuff because they drill, they go right to the, to the water in that example, right? To the the smallest particle and try to nail all that. And then eventually you, you figure out that, oh, wow, we missed some major things here. And and I want to reiterate Allie's point that, that you're never going to miss anything is just uh, a total misnomer. Um, Things are going to get missed um, and eventually they'll pop up, but there are things like Allie and I are talking about, I think that you can can do to try to avoid it, right? I mean, make it less risky. And I think on the last call I talked about um, trying to do things in smaller chunks and focusing on, things in smaller pieces, right? And then for that piece itself, you won't miss anything. Um, So, I mean, that's the, some of the beauty of the agile mindset. But if you, if you're thinking about a, like a room in your house um, and just focus on that, you could probably get all the, the minor details for that room. Um, So breaking things into chunks and having the right people involved in, in the discussions will help. Um, avoid missing things
3: that's a great point poop and i think it all goes back to scoping which is really what you're talking about when you're talking about the big, starting with the big rocks go back to scoping and make sure that you understand those big chunks and then as you detail into them they will help you to identify the smaller chunks and then eventually the details, and then also it will help you identify how to test those, which oftentimes as you're thinking about testing the solution that you've come out with, that will get you back to, oh, I missed this detail that I'm going to need to test later. So let's go back and fill that in. Exactly. And, and
1: something um, else that I always, you know, that, that often comes up too, and you talked about having the, the right people cooped, is, you know, something we say, that requirements is a team effort. Don't go it alone. You know, when you say, you know, how do I make sure I don't miss anything? Well, use all the resources at your disposal to take a second look, to bring in their perspective, you know, to look at it from different angles um, to make it a team effort because someone might remember something from a previous project. So there's a lot to be said about the right people. Yeah.
2: yeah, and That's if I could true. just reiterate that, um, like, I've been talking a lot about design thinking, and Agile talks about it. It's about collaboration, getting the right people in the room at the right time and thinking about who has the information. Um, and and this brings me to the point of uh, somebody asked me, and I think I might have mentioned this to you before, Jacqueline, but someone asked me once, um, I'm not allowed to talk to the subject matter experts on my project. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And I said, you need to run. Um, hand in your badge and get off that project because you're not going to be successful, right? You're going to make stuff up. The team's going to make stuff up and you know, the risk is way too high of you. You might get lucky, um, but you, there's a better chance that you're going to miss the mark.
3: That's amazing how much you hear that out there in, in the VA world that the VA is not allowed to talk to the people that they need to talk to in order to get what they need. Yeah. You got to, you gotta you gotta push on those buttons and, and expose the risk of that and, and uh, I'm hoping that that will help you get get to the right people and get them involved. Absolutely, and and you know that that's something you
1: know it, I know the, the the question was more about from perspective um, how do I know I'm not missing anything but which we we talked about often one topic leads to the other and you know the the one thing is is that we can talk about things that you can do as a business analyst but you also have to be in the right environment that also is supportive of like like you said some of the the concepts that what is really necessary that to really help the BA reach their full potential there's a lot of tools and techniques that we can teach them but going in an environment that underestimates the amount of time and expects them to, in a short period of time, to come up with these things with limited access to people. Those are the things that are the environment that, you know, is really undermining the BA fully realizing. So, and maybe that's a different episode, but there, there's things to speak just beyond just what the business analysts it can't be, you know, put in isolation, and, you know, in the isolation box and then come out with perfect requirements. You know, is it just me or?
0: <laughs>
1: it's not just you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and, and Coop, are you there? I thought, you know, I, I wanted to see if you wanted to comment on that as well.
2: No, I mean, I think you you nailed it. Am I there? I thought I was. Um, yeah. Yep,
1: you're there. I should be there. You're absolutely. <laughs> um, um,
2: no, I mean, I think you you nailed it. Where you're not alone, and we're all on the same page. I did want to add. I looked up. Um, the guy was talking about uh, time management. The professor, just in case you uh, um, want to go back and look at that YouTube clip. He was talking about time management and is your day full? Um, And he put the big rocks in first and then said, you know, do you think this bucket's full? And everybody said yes. And then he poured, you know, pebbles into it and then sand and then water. And so Mm -hmm. it was just how you, in that case, how you kind of maybe handle the the major things in life that you have to deal with and that you can get, like, if you focus on the minutia, then you're never going to get to the really important thing. So um, so I, I just thought that that was a good analogy to this whole missing requirements thing. Totally different and
3: subject. It, though, so. that's, a, that's a great analogy.
1: And, and, and one bit, and just one closing thing that I, I wanted to throw out there and, and see if Coop or Ali also want to um, speak to it. Sometimes when, you know, so, yeah, and Coop, you, you do this. You did this in some of our other uh, calls, is that sometimes when people ask the question, sometimes, it, you know, I dissect the question a little bit further and also think about mm-hmm. kind of the, the context. And, and, and particularly, sometimes when people are asking um, this question, too, I take it back and, and I look at it, especially if they haven't had a, a B2T training class. And what I find a lot of people do when they're trying to find what they consider the requirements, they're trying to come up with the le- list of features and functions and that type of thing. And they're just kind of trying to brainstorm from, like, their <laughs> something I, – I was rereading our transcript – their sme from their subject matter uh, knowledge,
4: right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and they're not using what I call a structured approach, so I just, I wanted to take it back, and when people talk about, you know, missing requirements, and if you're just relying on your SMEness versus some of the true tools and techniques, I mean, both of you, I'll, I'll start with maybe Allie, give you a chance, and ask, have you noticed that, you know, pre-training? people that have just come at it from a smenis perspective.
3: Oh, yeah. You see that a lot. And you, you also see that they come at it from a perspective of I have to fill in the BRD, the Business Requirements Document, or the uh, FRD, I guess, the Functional Requirements Document. I have to fill that out. Um, when, I, when I ask questions about how do you elicit and document requirements, that's the, that's the most usual answer I get. And it, it's not that. It's looking at what do I need to ask on this project in order to come out with the right solution, and to whom do I need to ask those questions? And then as you start, like we, we talked about before, as you start from scoping those big rocks down into, as you get down into the little pebbles into understanding, um, when we take it through, when we take the the solution we're coming up with through certain scenarios, what's going to happen, and you start capturing those details. Then then they and at, it, just going back and ask, asking those questions is going to help you understand um, what you really need to get to. And, and you don't have to rely on your smears or on on heaven forbid your assumptions or your guessing right, you really get the true answers that the business needs and, and, and get the results back that they need so that you can solve their problems and not just throw solutions at them and hope they stick. It's kind of like that, right. that toy, the toy that the kids used to have. My kids used to have when they were young, it was this it was a sticky, spidery-looking thing that you threw it against the wall, and sometimes it stuck, yeah. and sometimes it didn't. <laughs> you don't. You don't want well, and it do got
2: that. all dirty and stuff. Yeah. Oh, Yes, <laughs> that's what happens, right?
3: Your requirements get dirty. They get, they get gunked. Yeah. They get gunked up with a lot of stuff you don't need, and they don't have in there what right. you do need. And so, um, uh, I think it it really comes down to to what Jacqueline you had a great point that coming at it from a structured approach, but also actually not too structured. Like you you can't just follow a template. You can't just follow a methodology. You have to actually put some critical thinking behind that and really understand for this project, for this needs that are on the project, for the solution that we're targeting, what do I need to get done?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's one thing I think we're all saying is that you're – And I say this all the time, that your SME-ness the day you leave the business, your sme declines, right? Because you're not in there day in, day out. So even though Mm -hmm. if you were doing things for 10 years as the – in the operations, you are the SME, and you come over to a VA role when you're not doing that day in, day out, you just can't have the attitude that you know the answers because you're not there anymore. Um, And things Mm -hmm. change so fast that you just have to have that attitude. The other thing, and I think, and I'm I'm with you, Allie, on the, you can't be or you know, structured for the sake of structure, right? There's, like, right. you don't do process for the sake of process just because it's right. there. That's not why we do business analysis. But I do think, you know, we have to be like detectives. Um, and this goes mm-hmm. to, uh, when, Jacqueline, you said structured approach, I started thinking about this. It's like, there's a, like, I think. Thankfully, I've never been in you know been questioned by detectives, so I just know this from watching a lot of law and order <laughs> yes. but um yes. you know, yes. but they ask the same questions <laughs> at least you'll go go with me on this, right um don't look into my background um but they ask questions over and over in different ways, right, and yeah. just to try to find the truth and really know what is what, and they'll ask different people the same question and they'll have different people, different BAs, you know, or different detectives come in and out and ask it a slightly different way. And I think that's why there are so many different techniques and why things uh, we get into trouble sometimes is that we use a technique or we ask a question and get an answer and just go with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that makes perfect sense. Let's go with it and not asking a few other questions, in different ways or asking the same type of question in the same way, which might expose something that opens everybody's eyes. So sometimes it's worth to, and that's where you see the best people do this like naturally. Um, And they Mm -hmm. use multiple techniques and they tie things together. And, and, you know, like you're saying, I'll use critical thinking to make sense of all this stuff. It's not just a conversation um, so the other thing I think a lot of BAs get stuck in, not only sometimes they can't talk to the people they need to talk, people don't understand why. We, we had a conversation already. Why are we talking about this again, right? Um, you know, <laughs> when you have to get you know, this iterative process that you have to go through, they don't understand. Like, I told you everything I know. Why are you coming back and having another conversation? So But it's that detective-type um, attitude or mindset um, or approach that I think people need to have, and then to try to fill in the blanks, right? Yep.
3: Uh, okay. And I had a I had a client ask me not long ago. He said, "You you do you like history uh, series or novels or detective novels?" And I said, "Well, actually, I do." Why? He said, "Cause you ask a heck of a lot of questions." He actually didn't <laughs> say heck. He didn't say heck, but i want to say that for <laughs> you. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was the
2: family radio
3: show. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it it, it is true that um, you have to ask a lot of questions, and you have to ask them in different ways because sometimes you get just enough of a different answer to make a difference, right? Yeah.
2: Right. You, yeah. you know, that, and, that I mean, it, it's me. hard because. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, Jacqueline.
1: You no, know, I just quickly was going to chime in the, the, the whole idea of the investigator, the detective, because I remember early on, I, I couldn't, there weren't books on business analysis. You know, uh, the VA for dummies had not come along uh, back then, and um, I did find a detective book on how to interrogate a witness and i read that and and it did show me how they they cross examine and then I, I can remember as um, as a kid i used to like columbo remember him with the crumpled raincoat oh, yeah. and oh you know, yeah was just that one <laughs> more question peter and Paul. right right it put everything exactly. yeah. right.
3: Yeah. Okay,
1: so the interns have no idea what we're talking about. So anyway, This yeah. <laughs> don't wear Lecoop, a you coat, to be right, right, right. Not his trench coat, no. But <laughs> were you going to add something to that as well?
2: I was, but I totally forgot what it is now.
1: So. <laughs> I'm so I think sorry. Thank you for to move on. No,
2: it's okay. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I stand I, on while we're on the show. I have this whiteboard in my office, and I'm always. As other people are talking, I have to write notes so that I remember what I want to say, so I can keep listening. Absolutely,
1: I, I'm just But same that, way. that I, time scribbling. I forgot to
2: write a note. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure we've got we've got some other great questions, so I'm sure we'll come around to a lot of the the key points uh, as well. So it'll come back to you. Um, I'm but sure. Again, so our, our our first question, and as as you know, those who are listening, we've got Coop and Ali with us. Um, and I see David. Thanks for joining us, David. And and like I said, we've got uh, our interns uh, also on the line. And, and thank you to all our listeners tonight for joining us for frequently asked questions of business analysts and, and analysis. And, and so I'm going to go to our next question. And it seems very similar, but at the same time, uh, a little bit of a different twist. But the question is, how much detail do I need to document, you know? And I, and I sometimes hear, you know, when do I know when I'm done, you know? So this is very interesting. So I, I look forward. I'll, I'll throw it to Allie first to see how do you address that question. How much detail do I need to document?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. I get that question a lot. And I'm going to quote or try to quote as, as, as uh, close as possible, <clears throat> excuse me, to our b to t one of our B2T training. Uh, curriculum books, uh, you're, you have enough detail when everybody agrees that that's enough detail. Well, what the heck does that mean, though? So you, you've got to get to a point where you've asked all those questions that we've talked about and you've gone from the big rocks to the little, to the water, I guess, right, Coop? And then um, also that, it, that the business side or the SME side agrees that Yes, you've captured everything that I can think of that would cover this particular solution. But also you have to go to um, whoever is developing or um, actually delivering the solution, whether it's in-house or it's a vendor solution or a package or consultants, whoever that may be, and, and that they have enough detail to get done what they need to get done. So, so what does that mean? Well, I think we talked earlier about collaboration within the project team and, and between the business and IT or um, process managers or whomever you're, you're delivering your solution to. You've got to have them involved all along the way so that, number one, those details are going to come out earlier and better and um, more structured And number two, when you get down to the end, everybody can look at it and say, yep, we think we've got it. We can do this. What do you think?
2: Yeah, it's a team sport. So it's no, you know, (laughs) a lot of times when I'm on panels and stuff about BH, I actually like, I like when we um, don't agree all the time uh, because I think that it gets some good things out. But it's no surprise that, I mean, the three of us work together. So much that it's no surprise that we're kind of in line with a lot of stuff. So, But uh, the the area um, I wanted to touch on, I think, you know, this reminded me of a question I got once when someone came to me and said, Coop, I got this project. Here's the, the scope or the vision. Do I need to do use cases? Um, and to me, I look at that question like this, like how much detail do I need to document? Do I need to do use cases? I was like, I have no idea. Right? It's like, do the people you're working with need use cases to to do their work? You know, So exactly what you're talking about, Allie. And I like to sum all this stuff up in thinking about your job or thinking about business analysis as helping facilitating decisions. So it, it's in the same vein, Allie, that you're talking about um, with a different twist. And yeah. if you think about all the things on your project are a decision. So deciding mm-hmm. what what the problem is that we're going to go after or is that problem worth going after? Um, what is the scope then, right? Who are all the people that we have to involve? Um, so there's all these decisions that have to be made. Your developers have to make decisions on how am I going to design a solution to meet the needs? QA needs to know how how should I test this thing? And what is, You know, first, the highest priority, and what can I let go if we run out of time? So there's all these decisions people have to make on the project, and you know you've documented enough. Um, Well, I guess the first question is it's really not about documentation, so let's throw that out there, right? I mean, documentation is – I love that. If it – I love that. Like, document with a purpose. If it needs to be documented, like you need to reuse this stuff for later, and those decisions have been made by the team, then document. Um, go crazy, right? That, that was another question someone asked me, like, we want to get our documents down to 50 pages. I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> you're focusing on the wrong thing, right? I didn't actually say this, but that. But, you know, that it's like you're focusing on the wrong thing because a document in my mind could be a 1,000 pages if it's needed, right? If it helps for the project and the business and the – it could be a million pages. Or it could be no documentation, right? Everything can be written up on a flip chart, and we're done. Um, so don't think about it as a number, right? It's not a 50 page doc is good. A hundred page document is bad. Um, that's not, to me, that's, uh, not focusing on the right, um, initiative. So, so back to decisions, if you're thinking about your job as helping those decisions, then, uh, with every decision, there's criteria that people use to make a decision. So, Understanding that criteria and then feeding, communicating back that information that, so the people can make a decision um, is what you have to document. And that's enough. Um, that's, you know, Allie, you joked about um, when everybody can agree that it's enough. Stop. I used to say yeah. do just enough analysis. And then people would ask, like, oh, so what's just enough analysis? I'd be like, oh, sorry, got to go. Uh, good talking to you. <laughs> because it was, like, it was a really hard question to answer. <laughs> you. So I tried to avoid it. Right? Um, but so then, you know, you keep thinking, and it's like, well, okay, so there's got to be an answer to what just enough is. And I felt, you know, decisions is um, what helps you get there. If a decision could be made, if people decide, yes, that we're all in agreement, this is the problem we're going to solve, then stop, move yeah. on, go to the next yeah. piece. Um, and you might have to revisit it, but don't overanalyze, right? For the sake of overanalyzing, everybody's agreed to it. Let's move forward.
1: Yeah. You, you know, there's, there's one thing. I'm, I'm going to add the twist for the evening. <laughs> um, it be, be, because I, I agree with both of you. Trust me, I do agree with both of you. The The one thing that I think, When I think about some of the real-world scenarios, I think where some VAs get caught up is that they're in environments where they have different stakeholders and different stakeholders want different documentation. Um, And that can be, um, you know, where where you're on the one hand trying to be lean uh, as much as possible and do just what's needed. You've got, I've seen where, and I've even seen this in Agile, where the Developers say, I just need the user stories uh, and maybe some acceptance criteria. But you have the testers that still maybe need something more detailed. You have um, the developers, they want something. Then you may even have, like you said, some compliance requirements for documentation. So the, you, you, you are in an agile environment where you're lean and minimal, but at the same time, the, the BA still finds themselves having those other, you know, re, um responsibilities as far as the documentation. Um so I I'll, I'll see what your thoughts are and, and, and if you guys have seen anything similar like that where, you know, everybody else is trying is you know, we're talking the talk of lean, but the BA is still there's so many different expectations of them and what's documented. Is anybody else finding
2: that? Or is it just me? No. Yeah, absolutely. no, no, absolutely. No, Allie, I'll let you go because I think your uh, your window is closing. Yes, this will, this will be my last.
3: This will be my last statement. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, I'll let you. So, <laughs> so
1: this kind of
3: feeds into a question I think we might have coming up later. So I'll, I'll try to be uh, relatively brief. But so it really goes into what do I need to get done for this particular project or this particular effort, and what I like to do once I understand the scope and all of the stakeholders, so all of the people on the project, from the business and from development, from IT, from process engineers, what, whoever's involved, once I know who that set of stakeholders is, um, and hopefully that doesn't change too much across, too much across the life of the project, I will get with them and, and talk about what do you need? in order for you to do your job on this project. What do you need from the whole team? What do you need from me? And try to, to, to guide that toward what they need and also ask the question why. Because sometimes I say, oh, because I always have to have that uh, because we have to fill in the spaces. Well, um, you know, that doesn't always fly with me either because I want to know what are you going to use this for? What decisions are you making? Or is your QA, how are you going to test? So what do you, what deliverables do you need out of this project for that? And so if you do that early in the project, that can really help you help guide and focus you in down through um, what do you need to deliver, and then help you understand how you need to deliver it. Because I've seen BAs come out with pages and pages of use cases, for example, that nobody ever even looks at. That's ridiculous. I hope if you have extra time in your day to do something, you're not doing writing requirements that nobody's ever going to read. And so I think um, starting early on a project to focus on that and understanding everybody's responsibilities and what they need in order to fulfill those responsibilities is going to help you understand how much detail you need and actually what deliverables are going to deliver that detail to the appropriate party. Absolutely. That's absolutely. That's my say.
1: (laughs) <laughs> That's my final word. And thank you.
3: Uh, first of all, I yeah. want to thank
1: Allie for joining us. Thank you. Us. Uh, thank you for having me. And I hope you had a me. good time
3: and we'll come back. <laughs> I will come back, and um, not tonight, but another time. I will be back. Thank you for having Thank you for having awesome. me. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. All right. You all take Absolutely. care. Absolutely. Okay. Have a good night, Allie. You know. Okay.
1: All right. And again, to our listeners, Allie is also one of the instructors with B2T. So, you know, go out to the B2TTraining.com website, uh, look at some of those courses, and find out when she's teaching. She could be your uh, next instructor, or in or tell people at your company about tonight's show, and maybe uh, find uh, opportunity. To introduce B2T in your organization, and Allie, myself, maybe even Coop, if you're lucky, uh, might be <laughs> your next instructor. Um, but we will keep going with our questions. Coop, the show must go on, so we will push forward, and we we also have David on the line. He always mixes it can up I, with can us I uh, as well. Can I answer
2: that last question? Oh,
1: <laughs> you're like me, me. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> um No, because I
2: I liked kind of Ali's approach to it. And I think there is, you know, the the way you posed the question, it was almost like um, that this is a problem that BAs are having. And to me, I don't see it as a problem. It's reality. Like you said, this is real life. Like people want you to be leaner, but they're also requiring this stuff. Um, It's the same thing. Like I want to pay nothing for a house, but I want, you know, Granite countertops, and I want it to be all four-sided brick, um, but I want to pay for a, you know, vinyl siding house, right? You can't – I mean – and it's funny. I don't know what's happened in our industry, but it people want a lot more for less time and get even better results, right? Um, so it's a conversation, and it's back to collaboration um, around talking with the team – What is going to be used? What should I work on first? And it's really, you know, the the agile mindset of a project, you know, for when you think of value for the business, you also, the team has to think in that manner as well and say, okay, what's the highest value, right? We all have X amount of time in the day, and we could all get better, right? Um, We could all improve and do things faster, but right now, these are the skill sets we have what is the highest value? What should I work on? Is it higher value for me to work on the regulatory requirements and make sure things are documented um, and show that we comply to the regulation? Uh, Because if we don't have that, we're going to get fined a boatload no matter what solution we put out. So if that's the highest value, then yeah, you know what? I need to, to work on that. But if it's less value, then maybe it's something that could be done post-project or post-release or things like that. Um, and the other thing, it, to me, to, uh, I hope people aren't graded and being like, well, this stakeholder wants it this way and this one wants it that way. Um, if you can get uh, something that everybody can agree to, then that's great. But I do think when it comes to communication, we need to have the attitude of uh, what I call the platinum rule of do on to others as they want done on to them. Um, and again, there's a, a cost to that, right? I mean, if you have to, if you can send one email and get everybody taken care of, that's a lot shorter than sending five different emails to five different groups and reorganizing things. So that, you know, that just takes longer. Um, so there's a cost to doing things the way everybody wants, but you have to have that conversation and you, um, teams have to have the attitude of, okay, what makes the most sense for us? Now, I, I say this like, oh, it's, it's simple, right? Just just have the conversation. I know it's not easy, but you have to keep fighting. We, Jacqueline, you and I always talk about fight the good fight, right? You have to keep going in the direction of trying to get the team um, in the the mode of focusing on the value of the work that you're doing. Um And and look for those bright spots. And when there's positive things, highlight those and show people, wow, that was great. That really worked. We should do that on the next initiative. Um, Or we shouldn't do that because, like Allie said, I wrote this, you know, put in all these use cases into the system and nobody looked at them. So why are we doing it? Can we skip that next time?
1: Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. You know, something you said, and Coop, you you have a way of turning a phrase that, that, really resonates. But but something you said, and it even goes back to how we ended our last episode, and I kind of had to comment, so why are we still asking some of these questions? But when you just said that if someone walked up to a builder and said, I want a house, and I only want to pay $1,000 for it, and I want it done in a week, you know? They would right. be like, have a nice life. But people right. all the time yeah. sometimes put these crazy constraints on us, but they want these excellent quality, great value. They want you to hit every requirement. It's like, what is your reality makes you think that that's possible human you know and and, and especially when you have a track record uh, and and we have plenty of now time in software development um that that you know there, there's plenty of instances that tell you you've got to invest in the requirements in order on the back end to see the quality the value you know a well thought out uh requirement so it's just interesting that people are still kind of throwing this our way, not that, like you said, we can't get tired. We still have to advocate and keep building on our rep- reputation and our wins and, and taking you know step by step and using every opportunity to continue to prove our value, not, not giving Absolutely. up there. But it's just – but it, it's sometimes yeah, I, you, you...
2: – I'm sorry. I thought you were finished.
1: No, you go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, I think, you know, It sometimes I think, like like you're saying, like we've been talking about this, and I know probably many people on the call know who Carl Wiegers is, right? He was, you know, one of the the first, you know, to start writing, you know, after Jacqueline read her um, investigator books, you know, Carl Wiegers came out with some good stuff on, on this topic. And he was speaking, and I went to see him speak in the, the early 90s, and, or mid 90s i guess and then uh he kind of i thought he retired but he came back and it was mid 2000s and uh so 10 years plus later and he's talking about the same stuff and i i went up to him after i said hey carl i've, I've read a lot of your stuff thank you for the work that you've done in the industry um i know you kind of took a hiatus or you know semi retirement and now you know you're back and it, the slides are updated you know, to be more modern, but the content is basically the same. What do you think is going on? He said, we're still talking about the same thing, right? I mean, he's like, Mm -hmm. that's the reality. We're still talking about the same thing. And uh, a few weeks ago, I met with a director of um, an IT shop. Like he didn't, not everything, but he was, you know, a fairly good sized group. And he's, he's just learned. He admitted, he's like, look, I'm new to this. You know, I don't. This requirements thing, this analysis thing. I'm I'm learning. He's like I I realize like at the highest level, I get that we got to do better, but I don't know what that means. Um, so so you have people in in these positions that are helping guiding teams that still don't have uh, the full understanding, and that's that's okay. That's reality, and that's what we have to deal with. But you you got to keep finding ways to to educate and not get um, too frustrated and, and walk away. The one thing I would say, like the, it's not greener on the other side. It's everywhere. It's, you know, there's some groups that are, that really get it and are doing a great job. But I think the majority of, of organizations are in this like middle ground of, um, they get pieces, but not the whole thing. And um, it's difficult. It's not science, right? It's not, or it's not engineering. Like you do step one, two, three, and four. So, um, it's a, a difficult thing to to wrap your arms around. Exactly,
1: and and you know because and, and I mentioned that I was going to bring this back up because I felt like I I after we we ended the last episode and kind of left on that note, um you know one of the things that came to mind and and maybe like you said I have I'm looking at it from my perspective but I'm like. You talk about what a developer does and what they bring to the table. People pretty much know, you know, if you're talking about a developer, coder, designer, that type of thing. If you're talking about a test or QA, you know what they bring to the table, you know the value. The same you right. know, goes with even project management. But we business analysis, and I remember when I they, we first started defining the role and really getting our arms around the BA box, that type of thing, and really was excited about that and really did want, you know, and, and did and still do very much believe in us furthering that because it's so important. Um, but it's interesting that you said Carl uh, Weger, and I do remember re- reading him as well, um, that he said, he made that, that comment, at, at, you know, too, that we're still kind of answering the same questions. And it comes to my mind because I've been working with someone and they have a, a new CIO that's come in and they, so we hope this one gets it. But, you know, it's like sometimes people <laughs> at that uh, <laughs> that executive level, either they come from where they're these great minds with creative ideas and visionaries, which is great, and or they came from a development background. They built, they code, they're, you know, architects and that type of thing. But that piece in between, uh, you know, and that's where we fall in. And knowing where what the magic we do, happens, right? Yeah, where yeah. the magic happens. <laughs> they don't get it, but they seem to, you know, for whatever reason, they know when the project's over and something doesn't go right, it's a missed requirement. You know, they always know that right. part. Yeah. But they don't yeah. know in the midst of it, could you could you help me find How any much missed stuff requirements? we did. <laughs> right, yeah,
2: right. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, you said, you said something about like developers, it's easy. People know what they do. Um, and you know, I think there's, uh, there's professions or there's roles, like people that build stuff or do something like that you can see and touch. Um, it's easier to explain. Like I, I build cars, right. Um, or I design cars. I mean, you're even designing something. Um, I, uh, I'm a baseball player, basketball player, soccer player, right? I mean, there's like tangible things. The, the results of what they do are very tangible. You can touch, you can see them, feel them. Uh, but what we do, we're in that knowledge worker kind of space. And it's really hard to explain uh, what we do, how we do it, um, and why we do I mean, I think even all the, you know, Elevator speeches that I've tried to come up with, my wife is still clueless uh, on what I do. Not clueless, but just she she doesn't get it, right? Um, It's just a hard thing for um, people to understand. My parents don't understand. what I used to work for Turner Broadcast. My dad would just say, oh, he works for CNN. And, you know, it, it, and that's like as far as he got, right? He just thought that was cool. I work for CNN. And I'm like, yeah, that's good, Dad. I work for CNN. Um, <laughs> you, you know, because it was just, it's like this intangible stuff that is happening with us day in, day out that there's nothing to grab onto. Um, you know, if you're a landscaper, it's like, okay, I get it. You, you know, manicure lawns, you. You know, put hard landscape, soft landscape, you plant flowers, right? I mean, it's like all those things are easy because um, you can envision what they do. You can see what they do. Um, you don't see what we do, right? I mean, they they think it's, oh, the, look what the developers did. They built this solution. It's like, well, yeah, but um, without us, it might not have been like that. Right. Right, exactly, and and you know, and, and you're right because the
1: conversations uh, David and I have, and David's a project manager in IT, and I know, uh, especially sometimes around he'll say, well, you know, I know a, a BA and or in a previous life or project or company he he worked with a BA, and said, so, well this BA didn't know this or this BA, and and it's and it goes back to it's such a range of how BAs practice what oh, they yeah. do, what they see as their scope, so. Uh, David has the image of the B2T BA <laughs> and, and, and our conversations and, and that, that we have on the show and stuff. And he, what I feel he, he finds that sometimes when he's out in the, the rest of in the environment and talking to people who say, oh, I want to be a BA, they don't have that same, um, you know, skill set or, or breath, that, right. breath yeah. that we have and talk about so much.
2: Yeah, there's not a, there's not a BA, right? I mean, and it goes, uh, you send me an email with a comment from one of the listeners in an article that he wrote, Eric Provost, wrote about kind of the wide variety of, uh, or different um, specialties of BAs, or, you know, in the BA box 3.0 version, they're calling them perspectives, right? Um, there's systems analysts, there's process analysts, there's agile analysts, there's um, data analysts, right? There's like all these different types of BAs. It's such a wide range of stuff too. So um, so when you say business analyst and it, you expect, if you expect to get, you know, look at three people that call themselves business analysts and get uh, a similar type person, um, it's not going to happen, right? I just wrote a blog on BA Times. Like, how do you find the right BA? And And part of the challenge is You know, For people looking for BA roles, can't go from company to company and compare – if you see a title for a senior business analyst at one company and a job for a senior business analyst at another company and assume that it's the same thing, it probably isn't. Sometimes senior BA uh, in different teams or different departments within a company are different, and it's the same thing if you look at titles of BAs and look at me and you and say, oh – well coop's a senior b a Jacqueline's a senior b a they must do the same thing. no, we we have different strengths and so yeah it's it's tough it's not it's not that easy
1: and and, and you know, I had my own silent protest and and I, and a, a little bit of this conversation went out uh, on twitter and and we had a, a couple of people uh talking about this and, and for those of you listening on the uh, on the show, first of all, you can press one. If you would like to talk to us, if you've got a perspective, if, if you think uh, you've got some of the, the answers or or just have a different perspective about this, we want and um, yep. are open to hear from um, those out there. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter. Thanks, thank you, Javon. She is uh, tweeting and quoting us as we speak, and that's under the Technology Expresso, uh, Tech Expresso 247. Um, uh, account and also uh, our hashtag is ask an analyst. And you can also, you know, like I said, if you're on the phone or even listening on your laptop, the number is 714 888 7506. Press one. So if you're already on the phone or if you call, press one and it lets us see that you're in our call in queue. So please, please, um, we love the, the contributions uh, and, and other perspectives as well. Um, you know, one of the things I, I was about to say is that I've kind of had my own little protest about the title of business analyst and senior business analyst. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a place where, you know, it comes with a certain expectation. And, and, and I dare say sometimes it's a, a low expectation of what we really can bring to You're the right. table. Yeah. So I just made up my own title. I want to be a solution analyst. But you know that's just me, <laughs> and I've
2: heard I've heard some other no, good ones good out one. there too. <laughs> I've heard it used, you know. And but I actually see what I, a trend that I'm kind of, and this is totally unscientific, but a lot of the people I talk to, the, and some of the good ones don't call themselves business analysts anymore because mm-hmm. of that that perception that it's a lower level, entry level type uh, initiative. There was a company that I saw the other day they were looking for senior BAs and lead BAs, and a senior BA had two ex- two years experience, and a lead BA had four, right? Wow. That, that to me, is not um, at least my view, right, of of what a senior BA is, right? So that goes back to, and, and that's what they might be calling a senior BA, and you just have to look into the job description and see what, what it really means. But um, to me, that's a senior person is, you know i think even when i was senior i was senior for uh a few years and I, I like i felt uncomfortable with my title and i had to challenge myself to see if i could really be what i believe a senior ba is um you know you know years of experience get thrown into um to the mix and that's not necessarily the only data point years help you get certain amount of experiences but if you just have you've been doing it for 6 7 years and doing the same thing over and over. To me, that's not the view of a senior. But that's a whole another, whole another topic. But but it, I do, you know, to it, your point, you want to call, you know, you want the solution analyst title. But other people are like, you know what? I'm not even putting analysts in there. Um, calling themselves architects, right? That might that that's viewed as a much higher level role.
1: Exactly. Nope. I'm I'm there with you. Um, so, I, and I'm curious, even to our, are those who are listening, who, who either want to tweet or even send us a, a message. Um, I'm curious, what, uh, how do you feel about even the name, the title, business analyst? Uh, do you think that we just keep trying to change the perception, or do you think that it maybe we've worn out, we've worn it out, it's worn out, it's welcome. And we need to look at something else that, that better encompasses what we do, what we bring to the table, especially because, you, you know, I often talk about the tactical VA versus the strategic. And at some point, especially when you're operating at that different level, um, but, at, you know, at every turn, everyone is just trying to keep you in this limited kind of scope. They have to, you know, right. like I said, you feel like you're not being fully utilized and or, it, you know, uh, I, I feel like, well, you're spending a lot of money for a note taker. Is this really, really right. what you want to do? <laughs> so, but, but let me, I'm going to piggyback that because, our, and leading to our third question, we, we've got another another related question. And this comes up quite often in our frequently asked question How technical does a business analyst, talking about an IT business analyst, need to be? So let me throw that one your way, Coop.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I see this one. I, I see a lot of these questions, and I, sometimes I like to look at what's the question behind the question, right? Um, so why would someone ask how technical do I need to be? Uh, why would someone ask how much do I need to document? Um, why why would someone ask uh, how do I know that I'm not missing anything? And I, I think it comes to there's this um, – at least i feel these questions come from that the a va's VA been challenged um or and i see on linkedin a lot like people are like hey i'm in this type of industry how do i how should i document these types of requirements right um and to me this comes down to the the lack of collaboration and what teams need so it's really hard this is there really is no direct answer to like I could tell the BA community that you need to be, you know, to the scale of one to 10, you need to be a seven on the technical side to um, what your role needs or what your team needs or what your organization needs you to be, right? Um, so, and and then it's, you know, you have to find what do you value? Do you like being technical? Um, do you like the technical side? Do you like to keep up with, um new uh you know new um uh if it's languages or if it's new solutions and new technical solutions, do you like to keep up with that stuff and know the latest and greatest things um so so i really you know I'm kind of stumped in the uh, in the point of that I can't answer that question directly, but if your team needs someone to be more technical and give and help the team make decisions on things like where in the database, so if you look at data, like a, a non-technical BA is gonna be talking to the business about their business data and understanding the needs, that the, the data needs they need to run the business. Now, as you, you're getting into, okay, now we understand what the business needs. Where do we actually store that data? What database do we put it on? What server is it on? What's the field name? What are the relations, you know, between all the other fields? Do we need IDs, blah, 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 all these things, right? So um, a lot of teams, you know, their technical staff, the developers, tech lead, all that, handle that stuff. Other teams want, they just want their um, their developers to just enter it based on what you've given them. I know um, I, I haven't personally worked as a B.A., with offshore developers and Jacqueline, I, I, know you have, but you know, some of those relationships are like, you tell us exactly what you want done. Um, and we'll code it. Right. Um, so then you have to be really technical. <laughs> but if you don't have that situation, if you're sitting there with your developer and they can handle that, right. It's back to, in the end, it's back to capabilities. What capabilities does your team need? And can you fulfill those capabilities? And sometimes, Right? I wouldn't be a great B. A. if I needed to dip into the technical stuff. I'm just I wasn't a developer. I mean, I understand uh enough to to be dangerous or to have the conversations and sound credible, but I you know, I can't run SQL queries. Uh, you know, I, I don't know any of that stuff, so so I would not be a good b. A. for that team. Uh, uh,
1: so let, let me weigh in on that one as well. And as a matter of fact, I, it came up just today, <laughs> so it is a frequently asked question, uh, and right. <laughs> I almost do get through a class with it in some form or fashion. And most of the time, when I get the question, it's coming from someone that is uh, from the business or a subject matter expert, and or sometimes I get, I, I find people who want to transition into IT and be a BA. And today, I actually use the analogy because we were talking about job shadowing. And I said that when we think about the business and we're trying to learn what the business does, how they do things, you know, we recommend job shadow. Go and observe them, you know, ask some questions if possible, that type of thing. And it's one of the ways for it's not that you're going to ever do their job, but it helps you learn the language, appreciate the the, uh, environment they work on, so on and so forth. And I've indirectly actually job shadowed my technical team. If they let me come to yep. design mm-hmm. meetings, come to their desk, show me what it is, the code, why is it, just to, uh, out of curiosity. I will, you know, it's been a long time. I, I got my, uh, many years ago, uh, degree in computer science, but I, I learned enough in getting that degree that I knew I don't want to be a coder. But, um, right. <laughs> but <laughs> needless to say, though, I, I just want to learn the language and something you said, I do it because I, it gives me credibility. It, you know, in some ways helps me build relationships with the technical team that I just want to sit there, kind of glean something here and there that, I, that might, you know, cue me to ask a question and or think about a way of approaching something. Um, and I think they, yep. re, they respect that. So I would say give an equal opportunity just to not, not to bet you're going to ever be a coder, um, but make friends with the coders and and show show you know uh, appreciation for what they do just by kind of in, and also being able to speak their language. So to that level, because yeah. you're you're looking at an IT job and the solution you're built is based out of IT. Um, you know, I it takes me back to conversation, just a real basic conversation with my dad. He's like, if you're gonna drive a car, you need to know a couple of basic things. I feel the same way yeah. like with building software. Does that, make, I mean, yeah, does that absolutely. make sense? Yeah, no, so, no.
2: So yeah. I I completely agree with you. I think there there was a guy I met for lunch last week, and he's more on the PM side but is interested in the BA side of the house um, and is thinking about going into that and in, within IT. And he was a PM outside of IT, so he's trying to be a BA in IT. And he, he actually went to, like, a Java class um, And he's like, man, that stuff was way over my head, and, you know, I can never code like that. I don't want to code. And I'm like, well, that's fine. But what you need to get out of that class is enough to be credible to have conversations, to know what questions, right, to um, know what your developers are going to be up against um, and how you write the requirements or how you communicate the requirements to help them make their job easier. So – So you can do that. But I also, on the flip side, I know technical BAs, right? I mean, they're like when you see, and not that it's a slam dunk, but when you see roles that are systems analysts, those are more technical people that need to understand SQL queries and writing reports and, uh, and understanding databases and fields and blah, 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 all that kind of more detail than what I think you're talking about, Jacqueline. So, um, but I think, if you're not on the technical side, you need to know enough to have the conversation. And, and I love how you say I never stated it like that before. And I think if you don't mind, I'll start using that. But like giving the time, you give the time to the business. If you're a, a, an ITBA, you also need to give enough time to understand how the solution is being built. Um, so shadow, observe your team and have conversations with them.
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Um, let's see. I don't know if we can squeeze one more in. And, and I do want to. Let me see. Man, I can't also. believe an
2: hour is gone already. Man,
1: where does a- absolutely. the time go? <laughs>
4: um,
1: I mean, we're we're on a roll and I guess, you know, and it's very good content. I mean, these are real questions. Um, and, you know, this space is tricky. So it does help to talk about it and talk through it. And we see it all the time with our students where, Sometimes it just helps them to hear other people are still grappling with the the same thing. No one has the the perfect canned box solution it 's just this kind of space, so we talk it through, we talk about the pros and cons, and you know go back you know and, and I think that and you and I, like you just said, we, we kind of pick up off of each other, maybe they can pick up some sound bites to help you to illustrate and educate because we even are yep. still picking up different sound bites. Um, because and, you know how you said you've been trying to come up with your elevator pitch for your, your parents and your wife and, and, others. Right.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: you know, we're still working it out. We're still working it out. So yep. together we, we will work it out for sure. Um, I know, and I, I believe she's still queued up there. Um, Salise is on the line with us, and she has some of the comments that uh, some of the people wrote in. So before we jump to another question we and we wind down all of our time, let me see if Salise has uh, one of those queued up. Salise, are you there?
5: Yes, I am. How
1: are you this evening? I'm good. How are you guys? Awesome. We yeah. We are great. So would you read one of our comments, and then we'll we'll comment on the comment, and, and then I'll uh, have <laughs> you read the next one.
5: All right. Ready? Okay, okay. So it says, in my opinion, business analysts should be seen as a continuum of responsibilities since building bridges between business and IT can mean a lot of things. I wrote an interesting article about this continuum a few months ago, which you might find interesting, and then there's a link to it from okay. Eric. The yeah, BA. so that,
2: yeah, that's the Eric, the BA one. So that – you know, it's funny. He's Eric, the BA. Uh, my LinkedIn thing is Coop, the BA. A lot of people do that. So um, <laughs> uh, I think um, this is what I was talking about earlier. With Eric, this is Eric Provost's article about the the multiple flavors – of business analysis. Um, and, and yeah, I I mean, so I think we, we hit on this one, at least I feel I, you know, gave this, this comment, um, a good talking to already. So I don't want to add too much, but I think, you know, one of the things he wrote there was since building bridges between business and it can mean a lot of things. And the, 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 I want to hit on that portion of his comment, um, because I think sometimes people still view, Um, there was a point in time where that bridge was more like a ferry and, uh, a good friend of mine, Jeffrey Davidson does a great illustration of this, um, or acting out kind of the ferry boat, but it was more viewed as a ferry where you would talk to the business, right. And then walk over, you know, or go on the little ferry across the river to, um, to the developers and talk to them and translate, right. Um, just like you're talking totally two different languages and translate to them what is needed. Um, I think this bridge now has to be a bridge where we bring people together and have conversations. Uh, I talked uh, on the last show about, um, that, uh, don't shy away from, you know, your, your business stakeholders. I think one of the questions last week, was how do I keep the business from going straight to the solution? Um, so it's like, don't stop that, right? I mean, the the business now knows enough about technology. There's technology. There's so much technology in everybody's pockets or hands with their cell phones today, their smartphones. that the business people know technology. So don't shy away from that. Bring, and I think developers also starting to understand them better. It's not just a bunch of people sitting in a dark room coding cool stuff. So they know enough about the business. The um, the business knows enough about technology. Don't be that go-between and be the one that wants to talk to those sides. Bring everybody up on that bridge um, to have that conversation.
1: Excellent. I I, I agree with you. I, yeah, absolutely. I I have nothing to add. I think well said. <laughs> so, Felice, why don't you give us our next quote?
5: Okay. Um says, a lot I know as a BA in IT, I am responsible for ensuring the collection and analysis of business requirements. I know I'm responsible to liaise between the development team and business team and that my job role never fully describes what I'm responsible for. And that sounds like everything that you guys have just been talking about. It's not really uh, yeah. a, a set job title or uh, description, but just kind of doing what you know needs to be done with what you're doing. Yeah, and, you
2: know, that makes me think of, so, yeah, it dovetails into what we just talked about, but um, it it just makes me think about that people view the role as a set of tasks, right? Um, Like a collection, she said, a collection, uh, an analysis of business requirements, and, the liaise between the dev and business team um but it's not and so i think a lot of people view the role as like a set of techniques you do these techniques like if you look at job descriptions out there it's like do you do use cases do you do user stories do you know how to do workflow diagrams that to me that all that stuff is an end or means to the end um that's not what you really do, right? I mean, you do all the things we've been talking about on the show, um, uh, you know. So, to, and that that all goes back to that's why it's not uh, a simple thing explaining um, what people, you know, what we do in this this profession.
1: Absolutely, and the the one thing I I, I want to add, and and you know, good good point, uh, Salise, that it does kind of uh, encapsulate what we've been talking about. And, and, and the, something else that key that you said, Coop, is referring this role to knowledge workers. And with that, the, the knowledge in is also that critical thinking. Whereas we're really thinking on our feet. And, you know, we, we talked about um, even doing exercises where it's the day in the life. And if someone really stepped in mm-hmm. our shoes and did a day in the life of the BA, I come in that morning and assess the situation and figure out what I've got to do, where I've got to be. And back to what you said, for the success of the solution. And that's why I decided um, I, I just I crowned myself a solution analyst or oh, indoor architect. I might get a promotion after this call. All right, all right. I'm yeah. not sure I got to have a good talking to myself, but anyway, right. um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things is that you, you have to be thinking on your feet. So, it, there's oh, yeah. never just one thing, and like I said, that's probably the thing that I love most about the role is that every day I'm going to be challenged, you know, I, I'm going to assess the situation, I'm going to give it my best shot, and then the next day I'm going to try it all over again. So it's a, a constant mode of problem solving and, and um, leaving yourself open and flexible to whatever it takes for the team, for the solution, and um,
3: mm-hmm. I think
1: that that really separates the good from the from the um, not not and I'm not going to say bad BAs, but from those BAs that just want to make sure and take it to the next level. You, you know what I mean? That That's what I'm thinking.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, and what you said at the end, the good, it's not, um, you know, to your point, it's not good or bad um, BAs, but, you know, people are doing what they're management is asking them to do, right? That's just natural. Um, but I do think the people that look at um, this role as a job are, are going in, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but I wrote a blog about that business analysis is not a nine-to-five job because you are problem-solving, and the, the answers to the questions you have or the analysis you're doing don't come to you just nine-to-five. Um, they come to you when you 're driving home, and if you 're in Atlanta um and I know david both you and I both had some fun commutes tonight getting home, right so you have a lot of time in the car. They come to you in the car, they come to you you know in the shower in sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night. I think the best b a s like I ask people sometimes do you have a a notepad like in your nightstand, and if people say yes then i 'm like ah, awesome so because you'll wake up, this happens to me, I wake up and I have an idea and I need to write it down because then I'll never get to sleep, then my mind starts racing. So you need to, um, you, you have to look at this as a profession, a career, a, uh, a a love, you know, it's not just a nine to five job.
1: So true, so true. Let's see if we can get one more of those comments in, Salise, as our time
5: is winding down. What's our next comment? Okay, next one. It says, uh, "What do B, BAs really do? Uh, less of a true guiding the business to do the right thing than getting over the current fire." And then, I think yeah, I think that's the end of that comment.
1: Okay, that that was a and that was a I, I recalled that one. That being a snippet of what the the BA does. And and that person and you know, it goes back to what we said. It's what their organization or what that project is demanding at the, the moment. And sometimes and, and I find this to be true sometimes, Coop, is again, people, the title, the role, business analyst, sometimes people are just in that firefighting mode. And some of them and yeah. you know this is you know to be true, we, we sometimes have those students and They never have seen a project from beginning to end. And I I remember somehow in in my mind, I I remember it being important to me that I wanted to take a project full life cycle. So I looked for those opportunities that were starting something from scratch. That was just something I gravitated for, for, you know, toward. And, you know, some of those projects ended, you know, they crashed and burned. You know, I was around when the, the bubble burst and, and, you know, IT and all that. But I, I still had some great experiences where I was a part of projects from the beginning, taking a blank sheet of paper and taking it all the way through. And, you know, you said something earlier. You like, uh, if someone asks you to do something that's impossible, get your keys and say thanks for, you know, the opportunity. But I just wanted <clears throat> to turn that around is that sometimes a VA has to say, you know what, I've, 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 I'm not being challenged here. It's not what, you know, I'm not bringing out the best of me. I'm not growing. And you have to move past just the the firefighting. And, you know, so and I, I've had some students that said, when, when should I leave? And I said, you know, you, oh, you can answer that question, of course. Mm-hmm. But if it's challenge and growing, and, and that particular person was so early in their career, and I said, it's way too early for you not to still be developing and learning at every opportunity. And we always talk about that continuous learning. So don't let yourself get too stagnant because sometimes the opportunity will, or the, you know, where you're working may leave you before you're ready to leave, and then you've got stagnant, you know, skill set, you know, to, to some extent. So I, I I just that's my my reaction to the part of that and and my thoughts. Anything you want to add, Coop?
2: Yeah, if I could. There's many things. So I love. Uh, I don't know who the the person was that they left the name, but I I mean I love the honesty because this is reality, right? I mean we all. Jacqueline, you and I did a presentation on um, that people know that. They're supposed to – business analysis is about stepping back and making sure we're working on the real problem, but that doesn't happen all the time. It goes into this firefighting mode. So it is reality. So there's two things. I think some people enjoy that firefighting mode. So so don't take that back to Eric's post uh, that he had about the – the continuum of BAs, there there is a need for people to fight fires, right? We have organizations that have to keep the lights on, and we have to fight fires. And you have to analyze what's going on and make good decisions and help your team make good decisions on how do we move forward today, Um, right? I mean, there's a need for EMTs, right, that come in, and there's a need for uh, ER doctors, right? Do those ER doctors, are they thinking about long-term what is right for this patient? No. They're thinking right now, how do I keep this person alive that has, you know, that uh, fell really bad, hit their head, and they're bleeding? What do I need to do now to stop the bleeding and get them stable, right? So there, there's a need in the BA space for those type of people, all right? Companies need that. Um, so, uh, But then on the other hand, there's doctors thinking about, okay, long-term plan. How do we – what do we need to do? Well, How do we need to change your lifestyle or give you suggestions or what medication to get over a hump in the long term? Um, Thinking about the right thing to do overall for your health. Um, So we need VAs to do that kind of thing too. And to your point, Jacqueline, I think, you know, if you're the type of VA that likes the firefighting, ask those questions and try to find an organization that needs somebody like you, right? Because that's what you love to do, find an organization that wants that, that values that, that needs that. Um, On the flip side, if you're more of the BA that – and I'll use the word strategic BA, thinking of, you know, as this person said, guiding the business to do the right thing, then look for organizations that value that, that see in the role that want you to do that. Um, So that's, that's my two cents.
1: No, and, and and you're absolutely right. There, there. I, again, I love the analogy. Of, like you said, the ER doctor, very necessary. Nobody is is looking at them lesser you know, we need ER right. doctors. We've got to have yeah. them. It's yeah. it's valued. You know, that's a special that's a specialty in it, itself. The, you know, um, all the different things that they have to do very quickly and so on and so forth. And then you have that that doctor that's looking for that long term. So. Love the analogy, and and you're right. And that's why I backed off even earlier, you know, we we shouldn't look at a good BA or a bad BA. Um, You know, it's just, and I like that that, uh, comment about the continuum, you know, and people are on different ends of the spectrum and everything in between. So, and, and I say that even to our audience. Those who are listening and or, you know, wherever you are, you know, if you like where you are, continue to cultivate that. If you are looking for something different, there's a lot of different opportunities out here. In my mind, there's no need to not, you know, enjoy and feel passionate about what you do. And like Coop said, it's, it's important to the BA role to so look for opera floor and um, until you find that one that, that fits uh, that area in you that, that brings out your passion. Um,
2: yeah, I, I, I and I say, think that. Oh, go ahead, finish.
1: Oh, go right ahead. No, go right ahead.
2: I, I got excited. No, So I <laughs> think that's the beauty of the role. So you can look at it as a frustration that, you know what, there's no definition of a business analyst. Everybody has a different definition. Every BA is a little different. You can look at that as a negative. I actually look at it as a huge positive, right? I I got out of the accounting field because accounting, and even though there are there's some slight variation but for the most part accounting is accounting and to me the repetition of the work just killed me i, I couldn't do it it wasn't and i'm so glad other people enjoy it um because we need them but I, it just wasn't for me because it like i in the accounting that i was doing it was there was monthly things we did there was quarterly things we did and year-end things we did and it was you know start all over again just keep cranking and keep doing it um so it wasn't it didn't excite me and so in the b a field right I mean you have if you look at that continuum from the firefighters to the the long range strategic type people um there's and there's so many things in between that you can find things in the b a space that will fit what you're excited about, and then you know every organization, especially large organizations have different different needs so um it to me it's exciting it's actually better. And, you know, maybe, you know, we've been talking about trying to keep fighting the fight to get people to understand the be Maybe, I don't know, I'll throw this out there. Maybe we're talking about the wrong thing. Maybe we shouldn't worry about that. And we just we just keep going and, and figuring out how to, who we are and where we are and help organizations get better depending on what they need. I don't know.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe that is the answer. So you know, I, I'm I'm definitely open, and you know, I, I think you and I discover things even in on the show. You know, as as we're right. kind of pinging yeah. uh, back and forth. So, um, and that that's one of the things, like you said, don't you know? Especially because sometimes I do find where uh, students or are, are those people going in or bent in the field, they're frustrated. But maybe it's all how you're looking at it. It's, it's about your perspective. Um, you know, uh, I, I've been in it for many years and went and it. Like I said, uh, I like
0: that.
1: Right. I, I find those aspects of it that I like. And, and a lot of people, when I'm um, networking, I, when I introduce myself, I say I love my job. Now, I don't like every aspect every day. There's always something on any job that you know you may not be crazy about, right. but I do love what I do, <laughs> I, and I've, I've always been able to find a, a passion. And it just goes back to me problem solving and solution, and and you know being that that liaison. So and and so you've got to find what within it that you enjoy. You know what, Coop, we're about time, out of time, and you know whose voice I haven't heard <laughs> is my, our very own David. So I'm going to see. I am <laughs> maybe putting him on the spot. But, David, your mic is open. I don't know if you have any parting words for us this evening. Um, I do want to also say to our audience, you know, you've heard Coop on the many episodes. He is actually one of the uh, co-writers of VA for Dummies. Um, and I will say, if you just want to learn some of the, the, the bass and, and uh, just want to stick, stick your toe in, want to learn a little bit more, want to learn some of the, the lingo, um, and just great exposure. It's a great book. It's available on Amazon.com. Are, you got anything else coming up soon, Coop?
2: Um, what do I have coming up? Uh, I know, personally, I'm going to do a couple of improv talks, um, one in Toronto, another one in Wisconsin, and some other talks coming up in May. I mean, most the uh, the thing that I'm doing, like next week, is going uh, camping at the beach with my family. So that's what I'm excited about.
1: Oh, okay. Well, we're people to right, join you right, <laughs>
2: right, right, right. Before the show, we were actually doing a little brainstorming session requirements gathering of what stuff do we need to take with us, right? So. Oh, there we go.
1: Absolutely absolutely. <laughs> Dave, Dave are you are you with us?
0: Yes, I'm still here. I I, I feel my question <laughs> my statement's out of place now since we've gone to vacation land. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no but um we, I I I I wanted to comment on the, uh, the last line of uh, discussion around uh, the naming conventions for BAs. It's, it's, it's a strong, I think there's a strong parallel. Uh, with business analysis and project management, there are some activities that overlap. However, I do want to say the BA skill set is a totally different and defined skill set, and I, I don't mean that. I don't mean to minimize the impact or what you guys do. Uh, it's very much appreciated, and you know, I I like to lean into that business analysis world a lot. It helps me be a better project manager and for for project managers there are different flavors of project managers and you have to know where your comfort zone is and at, right now uh my comfort zone is in infrastructure and building architecture uh that's what I'm enjoying right now and It leans into software development as well because the architecture supports the software. Uh, So um, I enjoy leaning into that environment. Uh, I'm working with a lot of BAs in my department now that came from the financial side of the house, and they hadn't seen, they hadn't done a business case before. They hadn't done a business and now business case uh, um, estimate before. There's a lot of activities within the business analysis space that you may not have done before. There, as as in a project manager, there's a lot of types of project management I have not done before. I have not done financial project management or, um, uh, or in, other, in other sectors around, um, um, I'll, I'll say, the industrial environment. Uh, there, you can't just jump into an environment if you don't have a certain level of expertise. Um, otherwise, you're you're going to be lo- relying on your SMEs a lot, and you have to know how to ask the right questions. So uh, you've got to get into that space a little bit, step a toe in, and get some exposure so you can ask the right questions.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, David, that... That expands on what Jacqueline was saying earlier, I think, with, you know, uh, when we were talking about how technical um, do you need to be, going back to that question that gets asked a lot. It it really, it's not just the conversations with your developers or the business. It's with everybody you're interacting with, right? I mean, as a BA, you need to talk to your PMs. As a PM, you need to talk to your BA um, and the business and – You know, all these different – all the pieces that are around you, I mean, that's how we get better. That's that's how we're more credible. That's how we understand more. Back to your point, Jacqueline, about, like, always learning. Um, That's the the attitude that you have to have. And, you know, part of it, unfortunately, is that you can't do all of that dipping your toe in during a project, right? If you go back to the people that have to fight fires, they don't have time to talk to their – their PM or the developer about this kind of stuff. They're just trying to put out the fire. Um, so you have to find ways to do that outside of your initiatives, right? I mean, hopefully you get time for lunch. Go to lunch with these, with your team members. Grab a coffee with them. And find ways to have conversations. By the end of the day, like, to me, I'm always trying to meet new people, talk to people, um, and by the end of the day, like, I don't want to talk on the phone, right? Like, at night, I'm, like, done. I don't want to talk on the phone because I've been doing it all day long. Um, and I think that's how you need to feel um, coming out of your job.
1: Absolutely. You know, and the last thing I, I want to piggyback on what David said, too, is we are always um, welcoming, you know, PMs to take some of the business analyst class because, you know, to David's point, in their role to ensure, again, the successful project and, and product and, and helping set expectations – they also find themselves asking questions and supporting the BA and and that type of thing. So mm-hmm. and vice versa, you know, I I'm, I'm, I I can definitely say that I cross train and understand the PM. Um, you know, I learned enough to know that I don't want to be a PM, but I also learned how to support them and and what a tough job they have. So the the cross training I think is key. Um, you know what we have talked ourselves talking about. <laughs> Uh, you know talking all day And then talking in the evening We've put on our 90 minutes I want to thank Felice, uh, awesome. uh Thank you for yeah. I want to thank Javon tweeting her heart out We've got some good quotes out there Thank you Coop once again Look forward to talking to you In let's say two weeks or so And we just continue to unravel the mysteries Answer questions Sending your questions everyone um, out there in the audience um, And David thank you of course For, for joining in as well and until next time, everyone, thank you. Thank you, B2T, for sponsoring this show. Um, and that's all for this week. Bye, everyone.
4: This episode is sponsored thank by you. and features b2ttraining.com. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000. Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. We know that transforming the way you and your team perform business analysis is not a one-size-fits-all approach. And we understand that your business analysis practice has unique problems and deserves a unique program offering. Using our holistic approach, we will identify the pain points that will result in the best opportunity for your team or organization to realize the change they're trying to achieve. Change begins with knowledge and skills. Our learning events also include ongoing enrichment and reflective activities that provide students the boost they need to sustain their learning and competency. In other words, we make it stick. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about our public class offerings in various U.S. locations or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll-free at 866-675-2125. Follow us on social media and visit www.b2ttraining.com. That's B, the number, 2, T, training, dot com, and see our full course outlines, blog, and free downloadable resources. We get it. We'll help you get it, too.
0: You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our podcasts, social media handles, and upcoming shows, visit our web portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. Join our tech club and get monthly alerts of upcoming events and initiatives. Text or phrase full seam ahead to 41411. Financial support and donations of any denominations are welcome. Your contributions help us sustain and reach undeserved communities who benefit from the many programs, role models, and technologists that we showcase. Thanks to our sponsors, partners, and thank you, our listeners. And remember, we encourage you to listen, learn, leverage, launch,